G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast. I am your host, Troy McCubbin. Thank you so much for joining us, wherever you are in the world, uh, whatever you're doing. We really appreciate the support and you're listening in. We hope you are enjoying all the podcasts. If you're just joining this uh, for the first time and uh, this is your first podcast, go back and listen to all the others. There's uh, 39 of them behind this one and uh, and catch up. Uh, there's some good ones. Uh, Scott is on tour still, so I'm pulling a session out of the archives. Actually, this is a continuation on from episode 32, where we had the lovely Tim Pierce and Pete Thorne join us. Pete Thorne uh, and Tim Pierce came in, and we had a ball with these guys. They're a lot of fun. If you don't know these guys, Google them, because they've got a lot of cool shit going on. Tim Pierce, legendary Los Angeles session player, God, the man has played on everything, and a sweetheart of a guy, just a great guy, great player. Check him out. He's got some amazing uh, courses online that you can sign up, and he just takes you through everything. Really cool. And Pete, of course, uh, besides playing with a bunch of different artists over the years, he does all these demo videos on YouTube. Check him out. Uh, I will warn you, he makes everything sound really bloody good and you want to buy it. So uh, just be pre-warned of that. But uh, we really appreciate these guys coming on. We had such a great time. And uh, as I was uh, putting the show together, I was listening to it. And it was good. It was really good. I hope you guys enjoy it. A couple of things before we get started. I just want to say a quick thank you to our sponsors. Because without our sponsors, ladies and gentlemen, the show probably wouldn't be happening. And uh, we got to just say a quick shout out to Dear Dario Guitar Strings, Jimmy Dunlop Guitar Picks for all the guitar wank picks that are coming your way shortly. Uh, then we have Sir uh, Amps and Guitars and uh, Exotic Pedals, RiffmasterPro.com and Wireworld Pro Audio Cables. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate all, appreciate all the support. means a lot. And also, uh, I'm in the process of building yet another pedal board. <laughs> it seems like I'm always building a friggin' pedal board. Anyway, uh, I needed to find a pedal board, and a good friend of mine, Mason, reached out and told me to go to this guy, and uh, they were fantastic. They sent me exactly what I wanted, and it was really well well made, pro, great workmanship, and uh, it's uh, go to www.gomc.tv. That's www.gomc.tv. And you can also catch them on Instagram, just gomccases. So if you need a custom case built or a pedal board or a, a, for your guitar or your cabs or heads or whatever else you need built, these guys can build it and they build, they build really quality stuff. And you can reach out to them on the internet, go to that website and ask for Nate. Nate really looked after me. So I really appreciate that, Nate. Thank you so much. And the pedal board is great. And I still have no idea how to put all my pedals together because I can't commit to anything. I just always want to change things. And I'm sure you guys all know what it's like. All right. Uh, besides that, what else we got going on? Of course, if you email us, email us at guitarwank at gmail.com with all your abuse your suggestions, your questions, and all that kind of stuff. We will uh, make sure we read them. Uh, we just got a batch of new T-shirts, so they will be sent out this week. If you're waiting for merchandise, all that will happen this week, so hang tight. And as Bruce said the other week, suggested send in your questions on audio 
We are now accepting audio questions. We thought that might be fun to hear it in your own voice and we'll play it on the show and uh, and then we'll answer your question. So, um, yeah, so keep it short and sweet. Introduce yourself. Give, me the, give us the question and then we will proceed to rip it apart as we always do. All right. <laughs> Without further delay, uh, here's uh, a session we did. This is if you go back to thirty-two uh, episode thirty-two, you can hear the that get together, and this is basically basically a continuation of that one uh, with Tim Pierce and Pete Thorne, Mr. Scotty Henderson, Mr. Bruce Foreman. Thank you so much for joining us. And what do we have for the listeners this week? <laughs> I did something amazingly stupid on the last tour or the tour before. I had a fingernail that was, you know, when you bend strings a lot and your your fingernail dislodges from your finger. Yeah. And and it's really painful. You can't bend a string because it's just insanely ouch. So I carry super glue Mm. and, and the intent was to put the super glue between my finger and my fingernail and press yeah, and it would, and it usually works yeah. for a night or two, and keeps yeah. it from doing that. Well, <laughs> what happened was as I was sitting down to do it, somehow I just spilled the super glue <laughs> all over my hand, <laughs> 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 and two fingers were glued together. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and I a razor blade. Oh my, God. Oh, my no. fingers are falling. Oh and then I had to get an emery board and just file, file all shit. the super glue oh, off my hand. I think hand. that's the best guitar story ever. <laughs> it was such a fucking disaster. He glued his fingers together. He had one little problem. What an idiot, man. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That that, stupidity that is... one, Scott. Oh, shit. Did I take us down this road? I hope not. I've got too many. I don't need to mention any. It's all good, man. It's it's all good shit. Oh, man. That's that's brilliant. This shit's funny to think about later, but when it happens, it is oh, just oh, it's a, a nightmare. It's just the most stressful. Uh, yeah. So you're going to do the Monday Night Jam session. You're going to do that with Volto and go there and hang with those guys. I should go check it out. Yeah, It's fun. They've been doing it forever, right? Yeah, forever. They've had had so many people come in there and play. Lance Morrison plays bass, right? Sometimes, and they they got that saxophone player. I forgot his name. Doug Webb does it. Doug Webb does it, and then uh, sometimes Babco comes in and plays. Oh, God. Yeah, it's just it's fun. You know, it's it's a hang. Awesome. I don't get to go there that much because Monday I teach at school, and by the time I get out of school, I'm kind of burnt and don't want to drive back to Hollywood. But right, but I've been a couple times. It's a lot of fun. Lance is definitely. He's, I played with him in Henley's band. He's great. I saw him mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, great bass player. It's yeah. a question I, I always wanted to ask you. What was Henley like to play with? Ah, uh, great. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was great. It's he's, it's hard work, but he's great. Yeah, is um, he pretty much? Is it one of those type of gigs you? It's the job, and it's not real too much personal. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and there's not a lot of playing out. He likes the parts to be the parts, you know. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. but uh, it's. Epic songs. You know? Yeah. So I mean, you feel like a job well done at the end of a gig if you yeah, do it. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, yeah. So, it's a thing. Who are some of the other people you've toured with in the last couple of years? 
mostly international stuff. So I did Nagabuchi Tioshi, who's this uh, Japanese artist uh-huh. that is a, he's kind of like the Springsteen of Japan or something. Uh-huh. So I did that for two years. The year before that was another French gig, Milan Farmer. And uh, before that was Melissa Etheridge for a few years. And That's Dawn. what I was, I knew you played with her. Yeah, yeah. Melissa. What was that gig yeah. like? So fun. Was it fun? She's so fun. Great. Yeah, that was, she's the, you guys wonderful. killed. It was such oh, a thanks. great gig. Yeah, great. you saw us. I was sitting next to you. talking about your that. missus at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, uh, in, you saw us in Hawaii. Hawaii, and, yeah. Um, it was, oh, I, wow. And I'm such a fan of Melissa. She's so badass. Uh-huh. She's so badass. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know until I started playing. With, I mean, I'd heard her music and stuff, but I wasn't really. I mean, she's such like a, a powerhouse. Yeah, such a powerhouse. I saw her That's years like, ago in Australia weird. with, I think John Shanks was with her then. Yeah. Back then, and yeah. I remember getting halfway through the show, realizing that no one else was doing vocal. It was just her, but she sounded like. Yeah. There was there was harmonies and everything going on. She was amazing. Big as a house, that boy. She's huge. You know what's funny? She doesn't really like um, sing and rehearsal full out. Like she's one of those. She just kind of and she doesn't like to rehearse. She knows yep. her songs. You know, she she knows everything she's ever written. She, so you know, you'll hit a song once or twice in rehearsal. She, you guys got that right? It's good enough, right? Well, uh, yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, you'll be going over like forty tunes. You know, yeah. getting ready for wow. a tour. And then you go, and, and she doesn't really sing full on. You're like, okay, you know. And then she, you see her on the gig, and she's got that 12-string guitar and holds yep. that fucker up and just is like, and I'm like, whoa, I better step up my Yeah, head. right. You know, like this world-class shit going on. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, really yeah. wonderful. Wow. She's, I, I love her. I think and she's so badass. So sweet, too. Yeah. Like the nicest boss. That she doesn't care if there's shit goes awry on stage or if there's something, you know, she's just a sweetheart. So. She's, she's a powerhouse. Yeah, wow, that's great cool lady. to have a to work for someone like that. That's great, and get paid yeah. for it, and get to, you know, that's nice, man. And she lets you stretch too. That uh-huh. gig, she just yeah, you got to play that, that show, right? Oh, totally, it's a lot of fun. Great, she loves it. So, and you were with fun. Cornell, Chris Cornell before yeah. that for about three years. How was how was he? I mean, what awesome. a monster singer. He's another one. Yeah, I got really lucky for a while. They're like a stretch of yep, just yep. epic singers, and he, yeah, he's he's amazing. Yep, he's a, you know, he's a riot too. He's a hilarious dude. Yeah, yeah, and just unbelievable. Oh, how rude! Sorry, just unprofessional. Hey, Scott, sorry, if it, Scott, you should pick up. If it's my agent, tell him I'm working. <laughs> All right, put him on a speakerphone. <laughs> yeah, let's see. I think it's Scarlet. Scarlet, listen, sure. no, I can't make it tonight. <laughs> Another time. It's Joe right. Hansen. Is that Scarlett Johansson? <laughs> yeah, you know, she's always called. <laughs> usually it's usually it's Alan Beautiful. Holdsworth. That was smooth. Beautiful. <laughs> but I told you never to call me. <laughs> well, um um let's see. Lol. Lol. <laughs> Lol on the show. Yeah. Lol. Lol. Tim, do you, do you, do you have kids? Um, I have a stepson. Yeah. And I've been married a long time, so he's basically my kid. Right. Yeah. How, old's, how old's he? He's 32. Oh, wow. And he just had wow. a, a kid of his own, so sort of wow. makes me a grandfather at this yeah. point. Yeah. Wow. Congrats, yeah. man. Exciting. Yeah. He's yeah. a new dad. I'm a new dad. Are you? I, yeah. Oh. I got a little uh, eight-month-old baby girl. Wow. So a whole new juggling everything is just like, yeah. like... Today I was up at 4.30 in the morning trying to get a practice to actually pick up the guitar. And Wow. Yeah. And then, yeah, I'm sure I'll be up that early tomorrow morning. You know? is, the, is it the best thing ever? It is. Like, it's like yeah. you think you have troubles and then you pick her up in the morning and she just gives you one smile and it's like... 
And yeah. then she poops all over. Then you yeah. poop. Yeah. Yeah. She, she shits all over you. Yeah, I used smiles. to date a chick like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Look uh, <laughs> <Lucky> at you. <laughs> Woohoo! It, it is now amazing. we're talking. It's amazing. Oh yeah, it's, man. It's a lot of fun. It's fun being a dad, you know. Though though it's really in my house, it's not like. A guy and his wife and a kid. It's like a mom and two kids. <laughs> You're the younger. Yeah. Yeah. Angela is actually a lot more mature than me. She's 12. <laughs> Way more mature than I am. <laughs> yeah. She often says, Daddy, why do you act like such an idiot? <laughs> Because it's fun. Because it's fun. It's <laughs> embarrassing, right. sweetheart. Like, have a good time. That's right. <laughs> Bring over some more of your friends tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, you were always the most. Fun. I remember going to see you in open counseling at MI, and this is going back a long, long time. What, what, what year was long? that? Yeah, what what year do was I it? have to say? Yeah. What year was it? 90. 90. Well, he, he, you were there I was there when? in 97. Actually, 97. I've got the picture, which is. Is, um, oh yeah, when you were bald. Yeah, I shaved. I got drunk and shaved my head. That was that was in '97. Ah, that's great. And me and Scott. Ah, oh well, Scarlett really wants to, you to know. Uh, maybe you should, you maybe should talk to her, Scott. No, no, no. That's, that's all right. right. I'm done. But, but yeah, I remember going in and I was too scared to play. I wouldn't play with you because you you would be oh, brutally yeah. honest. Good luck. Uh, well, I was like, I'm going to get my ass Nah, man, I'm a nice guy. I, no, tr- I, know, I, I know now. I love my guys. My students are nice people. And but he, he just did have a reputation them. of, it was pretty nerve-wracking to play with Scott. He was the yeah. Ozzy Osbourne of... Yeah. I take people's head and just yeah. off like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to go listen and pick up shit that I was, you know, peripherally. I should have played, but I never did. Yeah, you know, a lot of people just come in to listen, and, and that's good, too, you know, as long as, you know, they'll tape it, and they'll. I'm sure it's the same when Bruce teaches it. They, they bring yeah. a tape recorder, they tape it, and if they don't feel comfortable playing... Then they'll listen to the tape. They'll transcribe some stuff, and it's all good. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. you know, you don't have the benefit of asking the teacher what he was playing. Which that's I, I think some sometimes that's the whole point where you you tape what the teacher's playing, you transcribe it, and you go, okay, some stuff might be confusing, and then you get to go ask the teacher, what were you thinking when you did that? Yeah. And then the teacher goes, I have no idea. <laughs> right. Well, really, if, you know, I mean, I, I stipulate with my students, like, at the very beginning, and of course they don't listen to me, but if they did, they'd hear me say... <laughs> Great you know, opening. It's, it's like, you, you know, if I ever do anything... You want me to explain to you or show you? Stop me right then. Mm. Because, sure, I can show you what, what I did. And I could do that if you taped it. But for you to really know what was going on in my head and why I played it and the thought process that led to it, mm-hmm. which is really far better than just mm. the actual thing. Yeah. Sure. That's because amazing. that the genesis of those ideas will give you a whole conceptual approach that you can create your own from. Right. I said, oh, but wow. you have to stop me right at that moment. We're not playing a concert. No one else is here. You're paying me for your time. You got to be a man and say, "What was that?" That's and good then right advice. at that yeah, moment, I can kind of re, I can like rebuild how I got to it. What it, you know, and 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 of course, show it to them, mm-hmm. give them that lick or yeah. whatever it is or the chord or whatever. But also, 
give them, well, this had just happened, and it led me to this, and this is, you know. That's incredible. Yeah, that's really And I mean, but it's so, it's, it's like, I got to remind them. I tell my students week the after same week thing. to no, do I, that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and sometimes I'll act like a, you know, like a hurt, you know, like a jilted, you know, guy, and I'll go like, you don't like what I play. I go, what? You never stop and ask me well, what I'm doing. Know what oh, I like everything. Well, then mm. it's out of respect. Stop me. But it's out of respect. They don't. It's I know, out of but, but how much do I have to tell them this yeah. is what our relationship I have, is? I have to tell them the same thing, but they don't want to stop you because they respect you so much that they go, oh, God, I don't want to interrupt the guy. He's playing. He's having a great time. But, you, but I always tell them the same thing. This isn't a record date. Just right. stop <laughs> me when I do something. And often they'll stop me and they'll go, what were you doing? And I have to honestly say, well, I was putting my fingers where I know they're not supposed to be. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah, because I was playing some out <laughs> shit. Usually they. No, that was what with... you said to oh, the cop. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're the cop arrested me. I told him yeah. that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's a common occurrence already. Yeah, that, that, that happens all the time. Yeah, and they always are so understanding <laughs> when I say that. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of them, a lot of them, they think that you're that we always hear what we play, and often we do. But there's a lot of times we experiment. We tr- we try different stuff, and so, sometimes they'll catch me just going like, "Okay, I might be playing a lick that I would normally play in A minor, but I'm playing it in B flat minor." You know, so do you just, literally just you say yeah, to yourself, saying, "I'm going to yeah, go a I'm, half step." Yeah, I'm going up, up a half step or something like that, or I'm just putting my fingers on the frets where I know they're not supposed to be. Wow. And, and and seeing okay. what happens. That's right? great and, to and hear they, you and, say and, that. Yeah, man. I mean, I just, I'm just, I'm stepping on my dick all the time. I made a whole career out of it. No, I love that though because yeah, you, know, you just, that's you just very freeing. Do stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. You try stuff, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it well, doesn't. Well, it's for kind of like, you know, there's this philosophy that you, you know, and which it, which is correct in a certain way that you hear it and you play it, and you know that's the most beautiful way music works. But in the learning process, the hands can teach the ears, and the eyes can teach the hands, mm-hmm. and the brain can teach the hand. You know, I mean, and everything works. And what happens if I put my hand here when I'm playing over this chord? What are those sounds? What's the tension? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It can be taught as long as you learn it. It doesn't matter whether the genesis is because your hand's in the wrong place mm-hmm. or because you thought, well, what happens if I play B flat minor or B, which is a brain thought? Or which is if you just heard something weird and you got it. You know what I mean? It doesn't really matter. The deal is learning it. And so to activate all those processes to get the whole thing going in the right direction, it really doesn't matter where it comes from. What matters is it all becomes part of hearing and being able to play it. Sometimes the students, they, they, they act like touching guitars like touching a hot oven. Yeah. You know what I mean? They go... Like oh shit oh oh goddamn <laughs> that, that was right. gonna hurt that was like, gonna hurt that was oh, gonna hurt oh man like oh my god I played up a half oh shit I better not do that <laughs> <laughs> it's like dude what you need to do is just let A minor go across and just play the whole goddamn solo in B flat <laughs> what it sounds like. <laughs> Get used and fall in love with that. Dissonance. We call that jazz. You know, we call that that's jazz. jazz. Just get used to that, you know, and then yeah, you'll be what, fine. Play all the wrong notes, isn't that what? Somebody told me that's what jazz was, oh, playing man. all the wrong notes. And another person said, "You're just supposed to freak out when I point at you." That was what jazz was supposed to be. I like oh. there was a spinal tap quote. Freak out when, when I point at you. 
you freak out. That's what jazz is. That's what the guy told me. There was some Spinal Tap quote about jazz that was priceless or something where they were interviewing them and they were talking about jazz and they started you know, putting it down, and right. it's just a bunch of wrong notes, really. Tim, when you started guitar, did you have did you have a teacher that you started with, or were you a lot of self taught stuff? Or what? I had the greatest teacher in the world for two years. I had him a half hour a week for two years. Yeah, still he still teaches. His name's Steve Mays, and this is where in Albuquerque, New Mexico, from age twelve to fourteen. Yeah, wow, and. He still teaches. Um, Got his number? Yeah, yeah he's, he's <laughs> incredible. I'm going. I mean, he he, he was an incredible person. I had a great. I had a teacher before him who literally. He started the lesson, and he said to me, "Okay, work on this." And he went out and got a hamburger and French fries for himself, and then came back at the end of the lesson. So I let that, that guy go. If he did that twelve times a day, he must be like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this guy, he was, you know, he was a mentor in the. And I ended up being in bands with Dead this guy afterwards. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah it, it was amazing. Wow. Wow. So I, I, after that, I was completely self-taught, and generally, every room I went into, particularly in the '90s. I had the least amount of skill. I was going into the rooms with Greg, guys like Greg Phil and Gaines and mm-hmm. Jeff Percaro and Neil Steubenhaus at times, and they're mm-hmm. all really schooled musicians. And I had no schooling, and it was a source of, it was tough. You know, luckily the guitar, you can be that guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can be the unschooled guy, but Damn. I, I have no... <laughs> now you tell me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have no training whatsoever. So, Tim, when you first started getting into the studio mm-hmm. thing and playing for known people how did you break into it like what what is what people you were were you associating with that kind of got you and pulled you into that direction okay i was here i did some great records in the early 80s i got rick springfield's gig when that ended i went broke and i started doing publishing demos which was excruciating for three years in the late 80s i did publishing demos where Three songwriters would argue over my guitar parts while I was trying to execute them. Really tough. Really tough. I'd drive all over town and, and really, really low paying. But that's where I got better skills at being a rhythm player. I was never that good of a rhythm player. Never that good at getting sounds. But doing these publishing demos in the late 80s, I got better at it. Out of knowing all those songwriters, I started to get other little gigs. Mm-hmm. I almost joined Mr. Mr. when Steve Ferris quit. I got wow. really close and then they didn't choose me. Um... But after that, I ended up getting the gig with Toy Matinee. An engineer I'd worked with on some TV stuff recommended me to Pat Leonard. I got the Toy Matinee gig. One of the things that really helped me get sessions was Mitchell Froome hired me to play on the first Crowded House record. Wow, really? And so I played on Don't Dream It's Over and all those songs. Oh, that's all him doing. And all those crazy. were, well, no, it's, it's, it's a lot of it's Neil Finn, but I was uh, the that's other guitar so cool. player, you know, uh, on that record. All the songwriters in the world, that was their favorite song. Don't dream it's over. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so that actually was, a, I was able to parlay that into, so in the early 90s, the music business here was very big and very robust, and uh, that's when I started working a lot. And it was basically from these few seeds that were planted with these different camps. Mm-hmm. And, and then the producer of whoever. Yeah. Knew, would know about your name and they'd say, yeah. hey, this really famous pop star is going to do a record and I want Tim Pierce to be... That, that happened later. Generally, uh-huh. what would happen is because... Here's the truth. I never trusted the music business and I never thought I had a chance at any anything. 
I would do demos, even when I would do a, like a huge artist, I'd have demos lined up. I always did everybody's demos. Mm -hmm. So I would like work on a Bruce Springsteen record and then the very next day I was working on somebody's demo in their bedroom. Mm -hmm. So for me, I never exactly, and I didn't exactly publicize that or you know talk about it, mm -hmm. but the thing that, that I felt most comfortable doing was people's demos in their bedrooms. Because mm -hmm. when I, I would get in the situation with the big star, you play the A minor, and there's a lot of doubt in the room when you play <laughs> the A minor. And you think, yeah, and it's because their yeah. career's on the line, and they don't know if it's the right A minor or not, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. And even yeah. I played on a Henley record, where, and Stan yeah. Litch said to me, you know, it's, it's really tough here because, you know, you'll play an E chord one day, and it's really cool, and the next day you play that same E chord, and it's not cool. There's a, yeah. There was so much pressure. There is a lot. In those, you know, in those. I would imagine, in the, there, yeah. there was, there, I'm yeah. sure there is still. I don't really feel it anymore. I just, yeah, so it, I don't feel it anymore. But, but um, don't you find, did you find that once you built up to a certain level that they just sort of trusted your thing more because you are who you are, plus you got all that? Yeah, what happens is you gravitate towards the people who, here's the thing. You, if you can help it, you never want to be a guitar player on a list who's hired at a specific time because you're just a guitar player in a chair. You right. want to be the guy they want. You want, to, they, you want them to want you, not just a guitar player. Does that make right, sense? Right, sure. There's plenty of session work through the years where they just need a guitar player at a specific time to sit in a chair and play the parts. Right. I never wanted to be that guy. And you're better off, you're right. So as, as the career got forward, I made friends with all my clients. Mm -hmm. I turned them all into family so that they would want me and that's true for anybody. I mean, you know, the people you yeah. work with, you try and, mm -hmm. you know, hold on to them. So that's kind of just what I did. And uh, I never, I, I just kept doing demos constantly. You know, it was just up, you know, the, the, I do the high profile thing and then I was back doing demos. And then a lot of people I did demos for would end up doing high, you know, I, I actually was investing in clients who weren't that big and they, some of them got big. You know, that was another part of it too. And then there were the times where, it, like, I, there was a guy named Casey Porter I used to work with a lot. I worked with him last week. It's, I see him once a year now. He would always hire Jeff Percaro, Mike Landau, you know, uh, John Robinson. You know, it just he had big sessions with, with all of those guys. Mm -hmm. And there were times when I would, you know, he couldn't get Landau. And so he would call upon me to, to try and do that. And, you know, by the time I finally learned how to do that beautiful, clean sound... They didn't want it anymore. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Now, you're talking about mainly in the days of tape. Absolutely. Right? So, yeah. So, the 90s. So when, when yeah. they're, when they're uh, and I'm sure you've experienced this, but you're in there laying a track. Yeah. And they tell you, and you think it's great, and you think you did a good job, but they ask you, do it again. And they're going to yeah. roll right over what you did yeah. and do another one fearlessly, yeah. you know, not yeah. no Pro Tools yeah. thing. Like, yeah. you don't get to second shot. You you have to roll over what you did. And did that was that frustrating sometimes when you'd, you'd go, well, I know I just played probably the best take I can, and now they want me to do it again? <laughs> that, yeah, it's excruciating. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Because yeah. I know when yeah. I record at home, yeah. uh, you know, I have the luxury of playing something, and I can yeah. go, that was pretty good, but I think I can do it better. So I just yeah. go on to the next track yeah. and try to do it better because yeah. I'm a pussy. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. So, yeah. so, yeah. so, you know, I look up to, you know, when, I, when someone tells you that, because, you know, uh, I did some sessions with um, Anthony Jackson, who did a lot of stuff with Steely Dan. 
and he would tell me stories about Michael Brecker coming in and just playing some of the best shit he ever heard, and then Donald Fagan going, that was really great. Let's do another one and just roll right over it. Oh, you know, man. an incredible Michael Brecker solo wow. or an incredible Larry Carlton solo or something like that and just go, okay, yeah, that was a really amazing solo that you're rolling over right now in wow. the hopes of getting a better one. That's balls, man. I mean, that takes some fucking balls. Wow. So, And you don't yeah, I know mean, whether the, you're going to get a better one. When, when, when <laughs> they just put worse. up another reel? Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth the tape. <laughs> Especially when it's those guys. Jesus, yeah, that's do, what do I you guys would do. do you guys suffer with like with nerves, being nervous and that anxious and like that inner doubt? How do you guys deal with that? Was that a big thing? I always did. I don't think the other guys did. Yeah. You know, I think it was yeah, always just me. They did. They did. You know, uh, man, um. everybody hides it. Shit, man, I use drugs and alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. What my thing is that when as soon as the red button is pushed, I shit my pants. Yeah. yeah I mean, first, you first, your pants. Everything I do is so low profile. Yeah, the, well, the thing is, again, it can it can go south so quickly when you start to get spooked. Uh. And then yeah. things don't quite add up, and there's yeah. some silence in the control room or whatever. Yeah. It can you're, you're, it, it can be pretty harrowing. But like yeah, recording yeah. and live playing too, just you can really very easily psych yourself out of yeah. pulling the gig off. If I you think go about there. certain things. Totally, yeah. There yeah. are certain things I'll think about, or certain players. Yeah. And I'll think about you know you mentioned Toy Matinee. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Gilbert. Do you guys know who Kevin Gilbert was? Mm-mm. Genius singer songwriter guy mm. who was the singer and yeah. songwriter. We yeah. One of them with Pat Leonard. Right? Multi instrumentalist. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that was, and he was unbelievable. And I remember auditioning for his uh, back when he did the Thud album. Yeah. If anybody out there has never checked out Kevin Gilbert, check out his Thud album. He, he, he passed away when he was 28. Wow. And he was like this fucking genius singer genius, songwriter yeah. engineer yeah. singer that played drums guitar bass keys everything wow. and he had he was a great engineer wow. and a great producer and he was gone at 28 but just a, he was an amazing dude but um i'm sure you got lots of great stories about him but i remember auditioning for him on the when he was going to go out and tour and do the thud thing and i went in and he asked me hey it's so i was going to sing background vocals he's like you know, singing the microphone, I was like kind of timid or whatever. And I remember him going up to the mic and grabbing it from me and just shouting into it like that, you know, like, and that was one of the first times I was like, fuck, like he's so confident, you know, yeah. and, uh, and I think about like that moment, like just, dude, now's the time, like you're auditioning, you know, and I didn't get that gig. <laughs> Quirky James yeah. got it, and, oh, you yeah. know, yeah. but I think about that, like that's the time, just go, just don't be so like, I don't know, what's the worst that can happen? You shit in your pants, right? Right. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, there you go. But, <laughs> well, the but great thing about music, like it's like, I, when I look at like Olympic performers, well, they only get one shot. That's yeah. madness to me. I mean, you should Man. be able to fail, yeah. you should be able to fail a hundred times before you succeed. That's what I love about music, it's like, I failed a lot. I mean, I was... Yeah. You just keep doing it until you get it right. Yeah, and I'm thinking you, that what too. you call failure is not really failure. I mean, yeah. that's the problem is that we use that word yeah, failure. Right. It's like, okay, yeah. we didn't do as good as we planned yeah, or we right. didn't get the gig yeah. or it didn't, you know, it didn't work out like we hoped it would. Yeah. And so what do we do? We call it a failure. <laughs> you right. know, when actually it wasn't just the ultimate yeah. thing that we only reach very few times in yeah. our life. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, every every time I play a solo on stage, as soon as that solo's over... He throws up. I'm- <laughs> yeah, you know. Like, yeah. I, there's a voice in there going, well, there's always tomorrow. You know, and you don't yeah. think it's that good 
sometimes you might hear it two weeks later and 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 go, wow, I was really playing pretty good that night, and I, I yeah. and and I don't trust myself anymore to judge myself. That's why yeah. I don't. I, I finally learned not to to judge myself on stage because I really can't tell if I'm playing good or not. Uh, yes, yeah. like I, I don't fine. know. You just mentioned you'll take do a take in your studio, and then you will well, that's pretty good. I'll do another track, and then uh-huh. you do it, and you're like, man, I don't know. And then do you ever find that you come back the next morning and listen to it, and you're like, well, I'll fix it tomorrow. You come back and listen to it, and you go, what the fuck is wrong with that? It sounds yeah. great. Yeah. That happens to me every day. A lot of times. Every day. I have. I am no. It's like you said, it's Scott. Really I am really calm. My times. own worst enemy. It's. It, I, we I all can't. Are. We I'm all are. That's why anybody who's good. That's why you're good. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. you're right. Yeah, you're because right. you have a. That's you, why yeah, you're yeah. good. If yeah. you sit there and think, "Boy, that was great," you're yeah. like destined for lame. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah, yeah. I just I about mean, never feel that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. really, yeah. every. I mean, I can't even resp- when people say shit like that. Immediately, I know. Yeah. At yeah. the same time, there's that opposite thing. You know, when you get on the bandstand with the live thing, when you get on the bandstand, you want ninjas. You know, there's like a thing mm-hmm. where no matter how good they are, they're a little bit better than that when the pressure's on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's one of my, I think, my strengths. You put me on a bandstand, I don't give a shit what music you throw me into, how much I know it or don't. I'm your guy. Cool. I'm kamikaze. <laughs> I'm going to die for you up there. You know I mean? And I'll play better than I can play. Uh, you know, that's yeah, like a like thing. It. I mean, and those are the guys I want on live wow yeah, yeah. you're we, not the guys that are good rehearsal guys the guys that know their shit i don't want that i want the ninjas you know who like can reach down they never think they're going to make a mistake they go they give it all and even when they do make a mistake it doesn't matter because there's right. so much like you were saying with like you know when you kind of pussied out on the audition yeah. and you didn't get i yeah. want the guy that i'm not going to make no mistake i'm giving it you know and like we'll adjust to it if we make it i literally know? say to myself in situations where i feel myself backing off i'm like now's not the time to suck and right. i say that in my head i have got things that i say Steps where yeah. like, i can go right. like right. lay into it go Rah! like you know i'm a band leader head. here yeah. i got an entire group of guys yeah. waiting for me to lead the way and yeah. I'm going to get scared about shit? No right. fucking way. I'm going to play. You, you know, know, my thing isn't you about... you got to. Um, you got to own it. My, my thing isn't about anything to do with talent. My, my, <laughs> and that's a good Because I have none. So, so no, but my, my thing is all about... My thing is all about good spirits. Like, mm-hmm. good, good, a, a good frame of mind. Because if I'm the least bit nervous, I won't play good. If I'm dark... I won't play good. Mm. If I'm like just in a bad mood, I probably won't play good. So my whole thing is that when I try to get up on stage, the first thing I try to do is like kind of kibitz a little bit with the audience. Like, hey, glad you're here. Tell a joke. Do something funny. Just so I feel like they're on my side. Right. They, they, they like me. Right, you know? right, right. And then I feel like so much more confident i feel like okay i could probably just you know play the worst thing i've ever played in my life and these people are going to dig it you know right. so I'm, I'm not scared anymore that's so a I hard one to remember that they're on your side they're on your side they, they came to they, see you they they're, came yeah, to right. see you, you yeah, they're, they're yeah, guitar yeah. players they want us right. to fail <laughs> <laughs> well. you know, i can always find i can always Get find those guys here. i can always find those guys in the audience too because they're the ones that are sitting here <laughs> like, like this uh, <laughs> You know, but for, then, the, for the record, folks, 
both Pete and Scott are doing the crossed arm <laughs> Volga Boltman. Yeah. But I do see it guys in the audience, and I see guys because there's never any girls. That's another reason why I don't play that kind of music. Well, I see guys in the audience, you know, who are really digging it, and they're just really, you can tell they're happy, they're having a great time, yeah. and those are the people I'm trying to play for. Yeah. I'll play my best when I play for those people. You know, because I know I do, they're digging it. I do it in a uh, big cr- like some people say to me they ask me how do you deal with like playing in front of big crowds you know and I had to do on the last on the Tioshi uh, Nagabuchi tour the Jap- Japanese fellow I was playing with it was big arenas and stuff and he wanted to do this really sensitive mellow acoustic ballad and his time kind of floats and stuff mm-hmm. and at this one point I'm supposed to come in in the middle and light goes on me and I start mm-hmm. playing this sensitive solo you know mm-hmm. and oh. so he's foot, he goes four you will play a sensitive down. solo yeah, now in, yeah, exactly and I'm in on sensitive one bitch. yeah and you're like uh, you know and so but what I would and I'd have to wait for the first verse and chorus until I came in you know and so I'd be standing there like this God, I hope the guitar is even on. <laughs> you know, and he's singing really quen finger picking and stuff. And what I would do is just look out at one person in the first few rows, and there, there's always somebody out there digging it, and they're just like staring at him and singing. Mm-hmm. He's singing, and they got a big smile or whatever. And I'd look at that one person mm-hmm. and just be like, "All right, I'm playing for that person yeah, tonight." Yeah, I'm the same yeah. way. And not yeah. look at same the other way. seventeen thousand. Yeah. Same right? way, man. Yeah. I can spot yeah. the people in the audience that are having a great time. Yeah. And I'm there to make them happy. Zone you in know, on that zone in on that on that positive energy, yeah. and you play you play great. You just don't you can't not play good because you're having fun. Right. You want to do good for them, like that what, one. The whole know. thing about what Kenny Kenny Werner says a lot in his book, you know, the effortless, effortless mastery, mastery sure. which is a great book, and every musician should should read it. What's it but, called? What's it called? Effortless Mastery. Ooh, like it's by already. a great uh, pianist, Kenny Kurt uh, Kenny, Kenny Werner, Werner, who Kenny played Werner. who's most famous. Probably for playing with Toots Thielmans, the yeah, harmonic I guess, player. I guess. And he did a, did a, uh, He's an amazing uh, jazz piano player, but he's also a, a, a pretty famous clinician and teacher. And one of the things he says in his book is that when you look at a music event as a performance, it's it's almost like a license to fail because mm-hmm. you're the jury, judge, and executioner of that perform. You're performing. In other words. Don't make a mistake. It's like a classical concert. Like, you know, he's playing Beethoven and he played a, a, a D flat instead of a D and everybody went, oh my God, you know, he ruined the show. <laughs> so, so if you look at it like that, you're, you're going to be stressed. But if you just look at it like you're participating in a musical happening with your friends to be creative as possible and have fun. And that's what it's about. You're not trying to impress anybody. You're not trying to perform for anybody. Right. You're just there to have a good time and create some good music and have fun. Yeah. Then your whole attitude about it changes. You don't. There's no reason to be. I nervous. thought it was about the chicks. Well, yeah. There's various levels of yeah. that, you know. And yeah. I, I appreciate your California attitude, Scott. <laughs> I almost, I, 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 I almost California. lit some incense and. Oh, he's going bullshit. <laughs> on that. Oh, yeah. I almost lit some incense and ate some bean sprouts. You know what I mean? but, uh, but you know, I mean, this is playing music here, you know, and uh, and you know we all care we all care we yeah yeah shit. sure so you know a little bit of nervousness i mean i don't think of nervousness you know we say nervousness and we always think this negative connotation mm. 
I mean, it, when I say nervous, everybody goes to the dark side with it. Mm-hmm. But if you think of it, it's just energy and integrity and concern for doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You can channel that in a positive way. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have it shit the bed. Sure. You don't have to have it where you close everything around you out, where you don't focus in on the people that are, whatever, you know, where you're not having fun. Nervousness is not a bad thing. It actually is a good sign that you're alive and aware of, the, of how much you care. Mm-hmm. And it, but, it, but when you allow it to become a thing where you block things out and you, you are no longer creative, That's and you're what no I'm longer about. flowing, yeah. which is what we yeah. think of when we say the word nervous, right. but in fact... Nervous is just energy. And if we channel it in a positive direction and we own it and we just like to let the bad attitude of everything go in the right direction, mm-hmm. then it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Versus, oh, it doesn't matter. Everything's fine. Bullshit. Well, <laughs> I care is, about this shit. But nervousness... This matters to me. And if I suck, I'm pissed off. Okay? And, you know, I'm not going to go... Go with that way the best I could do. Fuck that. You know, I'm going to own this and be a fucking ninja. Here. But, you know, nervousness is acquainted with fear. It is. And, and, and when I say nervous, I, nervous is maybe not even the right word. Fear. No, but, what I, I'm I, 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 but, about. but but nervous yeah. is like it's got this yeah. connotation to it. It's like yeah. it's what I'm saying. It's, it's just natural energy. to be nervous. It can go to saying, fear. It yeah. can go to positive. It can go right. to it can go to frantic. It can go to calm. There's lots well, of places it can go. Who doesn't want to go up on stage and do the very best they can? Everybody. Does. Everybody. And if you're but, nervous, you've got two options. Like you, especially when you've got, like this happens to me a lot. I'll play with a kid at a workshop, and he's nervous because he's playing with me. And what does he do? He just shuts me out and he just like keeps, you know, time and just <laughs> tries to keep all his shit together because that's his way of dealing with nervousness because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to screw up. Mm-hmm. Whereas he could deal with the nervousness and go, God, I'm playing with this guy. He's got it covered. If I just hold on to him, everything's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And those are both nervousness. Mm-hmm. But how do we deal with the nervousness? Most people will shut off the world and try to hold on and do everything and fuck up. Mm -hmm. But really the nervousness, like saying, hey, I'm in good hands here. Hey, this shit can go the right way if I just like Mm -hmm. let it happen. That's still dealing with the exact same emotion. Mm -hmm. It's the judgment we put on the emotion that creates the events that fuck us up or yeah. make yeah. a success. Well, my, my yeah. whole thing is not so much about nervousness. It's about having fun or not having fun. Again, another reason. Yeah. Like, if I'm playing with Scott Henderson, I'm going to let him carry the ball because I got, like, you know, I got the guy. Right. I'm just going to go, and then when there's time for me, I'm just going to ride that wave. Well, you guys touched on this on a show I listened to a while ago, and it was really great. Like, I really enjoyed listening to it. And you were mentioning, like, if, you, if you're if you in that mode where it's negative and you're not having, then you're never going to repeat anything because you're constantly judging yourself. Mm-hmm. So a good idea could fly by, but you're exactly. not in the right headspace to grab it. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. And that right. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the worst thing that can happen because you judge everything you play, you don't think it's any good, so you toss it out the window, right. and then you just play a bunch of disjointed bullshit that doesn't have any, doesn't go anywhere because you don't have any confidence. It it takes confidence to develop anything. Right. So when you play an idea, you got to sort of say, "Hey, that was good. Everybody should know that was good." So I'm going to continue it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, so yeah, you, you know, yeah. nobody will nobody will think that that you're conceited. If you go up on stage and you have a little bit of swagger, I mean, you have to have, or you can't do the job. 
You can't. If you're not if you don't go up on stage thinking you're a badass, you just won't be. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. And That's you know, it. like I do comedy along with playing music. I mean, I wanted to be a comedian, but I realized I got more laughs with my playing. (laughs) 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 Quote of the day, man. (laughs) But, but, you know, I mean, to tell a fucking joke takes, you know, serious balls. You got to believe that thing's funny. And you got, I mean, and it's the same thing with music. You just got to, you got to believe in what you're doing. And, and also be aware of how fortunate you are to just even have the opportunity to try. Mm. And, mm. you know, and you live and die and you make your mistakes and you learn from them and you get better. And that's what life's all about. Yeah. I mean, that's why, I mean, my world, I, I, granted, I do a lot of recording, but um, not as much as you guys by far. But Don't look at me. Look at them. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not, you know, people can't see where I'm looking, you know. But... Uh, <laughs> I love the world of live because to be interacting with people and to living on that edge mm. is, is, is really what I like about music. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like about yeah. music. You know, and I, and I do, of course, love great sounding music that's well produced. I mean, that is another fixation of mine that I sit and listen to and get so much pleasure out of it. Yet being the guy that makes one or the other, I'm the guy who likes to live in that weird moment of dealing with with all the variables coming to be well yeah and and that's something i've i'm finally not i don't have any of these problems really anymore but it took i'm 57 years old and i i I finally i'm younger than you (laughs) (laughs) finally when when you're 100 i'll be 103 (laughs) (laughs) i finally am okay with just being who i am yeah and and it took me forever to get here And uh, there's always adversity in any situation you're in. Mm -hmm. And you go, oh, there's that again. The headphones don't sound good. Right, Mm. right. It sounds like shit, as a matter of fact. (laughs) I'm still, I got to deliver, no matter. And the thing is, all of us do that. I mean, we're talking about basically little shadings. I mean, any one of us who gets up there, we deliver. Yeah. And you're nervous, and things aren't right, or whatever, I have this thing where I actually, when I'm nervous, I kind of just look relaxed. I put on an act of being relaxed. You know, I kind of just kind of... And then you are And then it kind of snowballs. Act as if until, sort of. It's really great. And that's exactly the case pretty much with everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? And I laugh, too. Whenever I make a mistake, I I laugh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just start laughing. (laughs) That's like one of the things I told Jeff Berlin. The more mistakes you make, the more comedy it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always, I'm always thankful <laughs> for the first mistake. It's the greatest gift because then you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You make the first. It's like, oh. One guy asked me uh, on my message board because he had seen a, a, a gig with Dennis Chambers and, and Jeff Berlin. And, you know, Dennis. I mean, he's, when he takes a drum solo and he starts... You know, we'd play the chicken, uh-huh. and we'd try to play the form of the tune it while he's very much apropos the name. Yeah, and it, and yeah, and we would just try to make it through. We, you know, we'd go but up but crazy shit, but da 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 da, and then 
<laughs> and then try to nail da 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 da. And of course, there would be a lot of fuck ups, you know. And but that would be for us the comedy of it. And some guy was like, and I saw the gig and. Boy, there were so many mistakes. <laughs> and I, and I, I wrote back and I said, you have to realize that we're not looking at those mistakes like a classical concert. We're looking at it more like, don't. <laughs> That's what it is to us. So, try to understand, we don't take it all that seriously. Right. Just to try to keep up with Dennis and his crazy ideas. It's fun for us. And if we fuck up, who wouldn't? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Who wouldn't? So, so yeah. it's okay, you know? I did this thing at Cafe Cordial with Jason Chef and John Molo and J.T. Thomas. And we literally, we, we were there for about a year and a half on and off, and we literally would abandon everything. We would abandon key. We would abandon tempo. <laughs> we literally would completely dissolve everything. And it was never a problem. And all those people sat out there in their sweaters and, and, and listened. <laughs> like we would do Rocket Man by Elton John, and then we just depart into three different key- and And so you and where really. Where did you get the weed to get this? Out of it? <laughs> it was just. Yeah, you sure this wasn't Colorado? It was. You know, I would be in one key, and it was, it was completely. Sounds like Ornette. Ornette yeah. yeah. Kind of <laughs> I rock, I I rock version of that. <laughs> I wish I'd heard that. Man, that would be a great that, combination. You know, and I'm surprised that never got popular. <laughs> <laughs> well, Peter eventually like lost interest in us. You know, he, he, was, he was like, "Come on, yeah. guys." <laughs> uh, sounds like there. I think I saw that show. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember that part, but I did yeah. see that that yeah. lineup. Reminds that, me yeah. of my, uh, yeah. Reminds me of my one pot smoking experience. Lot. Live at Lavalie. Oh wow! I, Dave Carpenter. Remember Dave? I don't sure. know. If you yeah, guys of course. The yeah. bass player. Yeah. Who, who used to grow his own pot? It was the worst <laughs> pot ever. <laughs> yeah. And and um, so so we I smoked some pot and that's what we used to do at Lavalie, just jam. Yeah. Now, very once once in a while we'd play a couple standards, but yeah. mostly it was just about. Somebody take off and let's just jam. You know what I'm talking about. Nobody yeah, knows right. what's going to happen. Yeah. And I remember smoking some pot and being kind of wasted when I went on stage. And I remember jamming and thinking to myself, wow, this is really cool. I'm being very creative. And these ideas I'm coming up with are awesome. And everything right. sounds great. <laughs> and then they called the tune next. And it was uh, Speak No Evil, Wayne Shorter, C minor to D flat. Yeah. And I was like... What the fuck is Seymour? <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, like C minor D flat. Okay, let's get it together. Where yeah, are yeah. the, where yeah, the well, fuck well, are well, they? Well, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. I can't smoke pot and play music. No, I can't either, do man. it. Nah, I remember no doing way. I was in a band once yeah. with a bunch of dudes that smoked a lot of pot. And I remember trying to smoke in rehearsal and I'd be like yeah, this is cool, man. I'm in the. I'll be playing, and then I'll be like, "Wait, was somebody just standing beside me?" And, I'd be, and then I forgot. Where, oh, the bridge had gone by, and I was like, "Oh, this is not good." I can't, you know, I can't do it. Those you guys, guys are uh, totally ruining our musician credibility. I know. I just can't smoke weed. This is like a total expose. We're giving now. a rock and roll of bad name right like, now. We're supposed to be like we're doing heroin and cocaine and acid, and then we smoke some pot and that drink might some be liquor, okay, and, pot, no. and then we played the best we could, and then we went and got some chicks, and then right? we did some acid. You know, we both. No guys like that. that oh yeah, animals. They, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Tim, yeah. you must have some stories of like uh, some of the sessions back in the day. I mean, I heard some of the Luke of the stories of just with the cocaine and stuff like that. There was it. 
Was it rampant when when you were doing all that? Or it was. It was, was, was yeah. rampant. In the seventies and eighties, everybody was rampant. Steve won't mind if you tell everything. No, no, no. Every Steve was one of those people. It didn't matter. His talent, like he would, he would, he would get. Well, careful. It didn't matter. He, you would, he would play the most sublime historic guitar part no matter what. It didn't right. matter. But wow. that's like a chemical, that's an animal, like, it's a natural selection thing. I mean, mm-hmm. people right. who can do drugs and just. I remember being at his house late one night. You know, he had some Quincy Jones second session the, night, the, the day after. I mean, the, the next day. And we're all kind of. Doing stuff together, you know. <laughs> he's looking at me going, moderation is the key. <laughs> he used to say, moderation is the key. Wow. He's just, he was that kind of animal. You know, but right. I, mean, talent, I mean, you know. And I, I, he's sober now. I, yeah, yeah, right. We, yeah. You know, and when we get right. older, we, we, yeah. we generally temperate or we die, you know. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. Um, you know, I think over my life, I've played my best stoned out of my gourd, drunk out of my gourd, and I've played my worst straight and my best straight. Right. Yeah. I really have. I think back yeah. and I, I, find, I can really find in those days, you know, and it's recorded so I can go back, no correlation. It really, you know, and then as I got older, just my ability to just stand up. <laughs> is is it's more difficult, you know? I mean, so, so, so the drugs and the alcohol, yeah, you, stamina, you get, stamina. Well, it's yeah, just yeah. it's it's an yeah, age yeah. thing yeah, more than yeah. you know. I, when I was I young, I mean, that. I was of course I was I was practicing all day in that state too. Right. Wow. Yeah. So I was learning in that state. So of course I was functioning well, regardless yeah. of whether I had or didn't have at that time. Yeah. yeah. And as I get older, my my ability to deal with it and adjust to it and keep my energy going and my focus going. I mean, hell, and that's the same true whether I'm drinking. I don't do any of the other shit anymore. I'm, if the police are listening, don't, don't worry about it. Um, but I'm, I'm only doing legal shit, especially in Colorado. But, uh, you know, I mean, good. I'm, I'm at my worst and my best in, in all phases of, of it. You know mm. what I'm saying? It's like it's, it's, it's almost as if there's something else at work, mm. whether it's random luck or divine intervention or whatever you want to call it, or well, just being the right moment, the right time, where the sounds are resonating in a way that make me feel comfortable. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we yeah. all right. I mean, we play every day. I and have it's a, different every day. I have yeah, a fear of is. of being intoxicated in some, in some of some substance and trying to play a show that I and I'm not uh, like I have no experience with it. Right. So, like if you say you know well I practiced and I did you know back right. in the day and it was like right. if you were in that zone I guess then maybe that was the thing. Right. I'm the same as you. I, I never had. was a drinker and I never was a drug guy. Never. Mm-hmm. I smoked a little pot in high school. And then every once in a while, somebody would say, hey, you want to smoke some pot? And i go, okay, whatever, you know. But me never, yeah. never was a thing with me. Never, I never did it enough to get used to, to it. To get used to it. So, right. so yeah, right. like, if I ever tried to play... But I yeah. knew guys I just couldn't did. do it. And, and, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm a guy who, you know, probably did more than you. I mean, not enough to get me not elected president. Well, good. You know, you guys can still vote for yeah, it. Yeah, okay. still available. <laughs> but, um, 
and I will. You know, and I've, I've just watched so much different things that I recognize that it, it, it comes to the individual, individual person, individual situation. Sure. But you're right. If you're not used to it, you know, you definitely don't want to put yourself in a position to have to deal yeah. in those moments. And, and especially under pressure, things get more difficult, you know, and you've got to be comfortable. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you can't, but you still, the predictors are still all over the map. Right. It's, I'm even more worried to something beyond what you're talking about, which is like, I, you know, the music I play is fairly complex and there's a lot going on and there's a lot going on around me. Mm-hmm. And I really don't know how it all works. <laughs> and I'm worried that one day I'm going to have to figure it out. Right. Like, it, like whatever makes it work for me now is going to go. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to have to think my way through a tune or a gig. And there's just, I don't think there's a way in the world that I could kind of develop the, 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 the brain wow. power, the, 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 the IPUs or whatever, the CPU, whatever you call it <laughs> on a computer, right. you know, to like actually be able to play a gig when I didn't have this just sort of natural connection to something. So you have like you know I mean I don't know what it is I do I mean I do because I teach it and I know theoretically but to be able to to think it while I'm doing it at the same time I just don't think I have the bandwidth for that and I'm scared shitless that one day I'll get on the bandstand and this just sort of natural hear play thing that Mm -hmm. I've got worked out and be able to respond to whatever's going on around me will leave me and I'll have to think my way through the gig yeah. And I'm fucking out of luck. I don't think that's going <laughs> to yeah. happen. No, I, I don't either. That, I don't either. I think the reverse would happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. You know. Can you see what I'm saying? I do, but I don't think it's ever going to happen because once you have played long enough and you've you've attained all that experience, I don't think it ever goes away. Well, the, thank I you did, for saying yeah, that, but I'm still worried. I did a fair amount of work. I did a fair amount of work with Glenn Campbell over the last 10 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. That's cool. And he, he, the part of his brain... The music part of his brain stayed intact yeah. throughout the whole thing. Well, I, you sure, know, I'm and sure. I'm sure you know a lot of people. I mean, oh, no, and I heard, I heard him. I heard him at that time. Yeah, musicians, they they play. But I've seen guys, you know. But still, I mean, it, there's just a part of me that knows that it. I really, and and I teach this shit at school. You know, I'm a guy who can like yeah. sit and tell you theoretically how all this works. You know. Yeah, I'm, but I'm the thing is, the other thing is, but I can't do it in real time. So you have a healthy yeah. respect for that, and you don't you don't want to mess with it. Yeah, but you're also so afraid of it. Yeah. Are yeah. you? So you're yeah. my, basically my age, a little older than me. Right? I'm a little older. Yeah. These are things that you think about. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's like... When you, you get older? Yeah. Like you don't take it for granted anymore. No, I mean, because yeah, you really, I mean, it's like... Yeah, sure. You you, you feel, it's you feel your mortality. You know, I yeah. mean, it's just I'm like, like, I, I used to practice man. to get better. Yeah. Now I practice to keep from getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed that little uh, Guitar Wank podcast there. We've got more to come with Tim and Pete uh, in the next coming weeks. We've got one more with them. I think we've got two more shows with John Pisano coming up. And we're very excited to have Steve Lukather coming up in the near future. So that's going to be really fun. Scott's still out on the road. He should be back in the next uh, coming weeks. And we'll hit you guys with a new one and find out what the hell happened on the road. 
the god of guitar we saw uh, on uh, YouTube. If you didn't see that, you can catch it on, on our Facebook site, <laughs> Scott's interview in India. So uh, I know there's a ton of jokes I could do right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do them. But anyway, that should be fun when Scott gets back to hear about all of that. Remember, if you have a question, uh, send us the audio. Uh, record yourself. Send us the audio of the question and we'll put it on the show and that'll be a lot of fun. And send it to guitarwank at gmail.com. And until then, guys, be safe, be careful, keep guitar wanking, spread the word. And thank you again. We'll see you all next week. Have a great week, guys. You know, when, I, when I'm in, on, on teaching, I've done this a few times, or a lot of times with my students, and they'll ask me, well, what are you doing? And I'll say, well, what I'll do is I'll play slow, really slow. Let's just cut the tempo in half. And while I'm playing, I'll try to explain what I'm doing. I never can do that. I'm the same way. When I slow something down, I can't do it because I can't get the right brain to talk to the left brain. They're completely separate. That's one thing I I can do. I can do in real time. I can't do it. I can sit in real time, play, and tell you what's happening. I can't multitask. I can do that. Because I'm so concentrated on my right brain takes over because I'm playing my axe. And when I'm playing my axe, I'm not thinking. My my brain, my left brain oh, I know. Just, it yeah. won't work. I can't talk yeah. and do. Oh, anything. I'm not either. Yeah. But I can observe I can, yeah. with yeah. my other side. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, you've you've seen my show. Yeah, I you can do, sit. Yeah, I can yeah. sit and play yeah. like over giant steps and tell a joke at the same time. I can too, but <laughs> but it's not about that. It's not about just. Telling a joke and, and and being able to do the muscle memory that you already have. It's I'm not, not about, talking about the muscle memory. I could sit and, t- and explain theoretically what I'm doing while I'm doing Oh, well, doing see, it. I can't do that. Because if I but start... But it's, it's not the same thing. It's one guy's watching and the other guy's doing it. I can't do it. I'm not... Mul- you know, you're a lot like a woman because women can multitask. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't like the way you're looking at me right now. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Uh, yeah. I've never had a woman with a muscle <laughs> I'm getting a boner right now. <laughs> uh, Tim, I want to go back. You, yeah. you did some. Yeah, you did some. Yeah, no way. I really want to move on to that here. topic. We're on to something here. Come on, man. I want to hit me. You're getting sexy. Yeah, I just like he changes the subject. For some reason, I got really uncomfortable. No. <laughs> Is that because I'm sitting too close to you? Is that the problem? You're getting closer. Yeah. Finally, I you're just to talk. jealous because he's not saying it about you. That's all. Come on, let me talk, guys. Come on. Oh, sorry. <laughs>